Oh, Liverpool only won three of the 14 game stretch, scored one goal in eight games at Anfield. Yeah, it was rough. But look what they did. Look what they did. Turned it around. Yeah, what do you want to say to them? I see. What do you want to say to the haters? Keep hating because Liverpool is going to keep winning. They're going to find a way. As long as Klopp's at the head, they're going to do it. I, f- I firmly believe that. Jones, we asked. I see what he had to say to Liverpool haters. What do you have to say to the Man U lovers? <laughs> There's nothing to say other than let's fucking go. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, life, playing games, playing mind games, and we got a little something for you, especially today, because it's the final day in domestic footy all around the world, at least in most leagues, and the best way to celebrate final day is by throwing us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. or YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y, Fellas Pod. We're going to be discussing a pretty comprehensive recap and partly preview of today's final day. We're talking Premier League, La Liga, League 1, Serie A, Bundesliga, which will be pretty quick. And after such a long and unusual season, it's hard to believe we've reached this point in European football. We've finally reached the final day. It was just a marathon. And like a marathon... Personally, started to lag a little bit at the end. Uh, attention span started to, to wobble. But fantastic end to the season. Great season. Very long season. If the Premier League, I see, if the Premier League was a marathon and instead of 26.2, it was 38 miles, each mile representing one game week, break down the race in your eyes, like break down your marathon race. Where did you start to need extra water? Where did you need some snacks? Like, did you get injured at all? You know, break that down for us. What was your nipple chafage? That's our question. Also yeah. That. yeah. Well, so I'm wearing, of course I'm wearing the red Liverpool Jersey while I'm running and the chafage was bad in weeks, uh, mid that middle of the run there. Um, game weeks. What was that? Like 15 to, or maybe 20 to 30. It was bad there, but look, the first mile I was sprinting, I think it was a four-minute mile. I think I broke a world record or something, but no big deal. Um, Weeks two through four, a little sloppy. I I burned myself out the first mile. Uh, But no, I was great running, except for the middle part. Got sloppy and then started to kick it into gear at the end and uh, actually finished third for the race. So I was pretty excited about that run. Is, is this race? Is this race fantasy Premier League? Perhaps is this race a little bit of that? Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, nice third place finish in our Footy Fellows League. You you came on strong at the end. You finished strong in the race. You know, moving from seventh into third feels good. There was some mid season uh, trajectory, upward trajectory. I was just picking picking the right players at the right time. Fernandez, I captained him maybe sixteen game weeks in a row, and it paid <laughs> off. He got me so many points. Yeah, people have started calling you uh, Eliud Kipchoge, Kipchoge, the man who run the, the marathon in sub two hours. What, what would you say to those people? High praise for myself. I can't, don't put me in that same league as Kipchoge, absolute legend. But it uh, makes me feel good if you mentioned us in the same sentence. So 
keep doing that, but just don't compare us. <laughs> Jones, in that same token, a lot of folks have been calling you Usain Bolt. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those accusations? I say it's fair. I get that a lot. Um, basic, it's just physique. It's really like low-hanging fruit. Similarly built humans, it's, you're always going to get that comparison. Um, you know, this marathon, unlike the one that I ran or survived, I, I should better say, with, with Icy um, back in like 2017, this one for a United fan was uh, was was quite relaxed. If anything, it was uh, almost there was almost a chance that we would win the marathon about halfway through, which is super exciting. But um, nonetheless, it's it was an encouraging year. Really, not a lot of sweat on my back. It, it's been it's been almost a decade since I've been able to relax during a Premier League season. That's been nice. Um, That's why people have been calling you Usain Bolt because I mean, no sweat on his back. He's nope. like no competition. I was dabbing all the way through. Yeah, dab before I got through the finish line. You started celebrating early. That's yep. what you did. I, two weeks ago, champagne all over. I had to clean it up the past couple of weeks, but it's been nice. It's been nice celebrating. It's been nice to say that also this United team is not a flash in the pan. This isn't just a one-off year. This is a team that's still growing, still getting better, and hopefully this offseason will um, uh, make the right choices. Um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do some review at, at some point, maybe in the summer, we'll talk about what, what teams are happening, what's happening there, but, um, nice marathon, Eli throwing it back to you. Um, how was your race run this, this year? What were your ups? What were your downs? It's run pretty strong. I think all the way back to the beginning of the season when we were still much more entrenched in the pandemic and quarantine and everyone was inside. So it was very exciting to have live sports back, especially soccer footy for us leagues all around the world. Of course that excitement lasts. It wanes a bit. Then you get exciting points throughout the season. Like some of those big games, like the MLS starting up earlier this year, that's when some of the EPL interest dwindled, but watching the MLS, watching the challenge cup and WSL challenge cup, um, women's champions league recently men's champions league and Europa league that came back earlier this year, picked up some excitement and I've, I've gotten some renewed energy recently. I think between the MLS, between these last two premier league game weeks, which have been exciting between euros coming up, uh, champions league final coming up, Europa league final coming up. I'm picking up steam at the end of the marathon. My training paid off. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the equivalent is, but the, Middle of the race was tough, probably a bit of chafage, like Icy mentioned, and they had some of that miraculous, those fuel packs that you're not mm-hmm. some some weird liquid in them. You're not really sure what's in there, but it's a bit jelly. Yeah, not jelly like jam, but jelly like jelly, like a little gooey, a little gooey, the gooey packs. And I sucked down a few of those. Yeah, you did, and felt good. Now yep. I'm feeling good. You look good. So we're gonna get into today's results and emotions and break down what happened in each of the big games. But what else, before we do that, how about your graduation? Huh? Mm. Is that the last time you felt this kind of excitement, this kind of finality to a day? College graduations? I Personally, college graduation was a different level of excitement, happiness, joy, joyous occasion. This was good. You know, I would have maybe felt more similar to a graduation and all the energy and hype if Liverpool were playing for a, the title spot, if this were a day where three teams were vying for the champion of the league, hmm. that would have been uh, an added level or two or 10 of excitement to today. Uh, but vying for a top four, still equally exciting. Uh, I don't, 
what I'm hearing is you're not that big of a Liverpool fan. Like if your graduation yeah. whoa, was, whoa, whoa, was whoa. like more exciting, if that's right. what you're trying to say, it right. almost shed some doubt. You guys on are twisting my rhythm. words. Twisting my words. <laughs> so <laughs> it you... was so it was more exciting than your graduation. You're telling me that this <laughs> is better than the last day of being a non father? You're telling me that this wasn't better I hope your than... parents are listening right. to this. Right. Disgraceful. <laughs> what about your college graduation, Jones? Like uh, not, not a good, unfortunately not a great, great time for my, my, my memory, but I would say maybe like a, I would say like, uh, from, from a United perspective, this was like, um, last day of a clearance sale, um, at a, at a garage sale or something. And I've, I've shown up to it and there are some gems hidden there. <laughs> I'm like digging through the, like the, the super clearance rack and everything's been already like dismantled and there's like just rags everywhere but I find a couple gems and they're all there vying for fourth place kind of scenario. That's what today was like a scavenger hunt. And it was exciting. You're finding those and you're finding great deals, really great deals last day. Um, my mom would be proud of that. She'd be proud of that. That's some thrift shopping 101. Are the gems menu youth players? Interesting play. Um, the gems are uh, getting to watch the other, other big six teams as clubs get to sweat. That was kind of the gems. The gems were being able to watch the Liverpools and the Chelsea's and the and the eh, the Tottenham's. I guess I don't really care about the Leicester's fans. Um, <laughs> so just yeah, just enjoying other people's misery, uncertainty, um, but struggle. But um, kind of not unsimilar to Toyotathon when it's the last day of <laughs> a massive clearance sale, like you said, very publicized. Like a lot of people are tuning into it and. You're at the dealership, everyone's running around screaming. And if you show up with a car that you just recently bought, you can just pull up to the side, like pull up to the sidewalk right next to the Toyota, your local Toyota dealership, and just watch. Yep. Like watch pandemonium. Because that's how it works. If you guys have ever yeah. been to, you know, happy Honda if anyone, days yeah, or... if anyone hasn't been to one of those, right. here's how it works, guys. It's so okay, so it's a free for all, essentially. It's literally first one to touch it and then hold and then you have to fend the car off from other from other um, take comers on so you find your car it's kind of like king of the hill but for a bunch of cars in the lot and they're all separated right you're allowed one one self-defense weapon so like in the past i've definitely used like a a broom handle that i've whittled down the end it's a little pointy and and then you just fend it off and so it's just like this wild um you know every man for himself kind of thing that's toyotathon though you know what i mean that's showbiz that's how it is yeah it's it's free like the cars are free that's why there's such a a fight about them right yeah you know people thought that they knew black friday they thought black friday was a fight in itself no toyotathon happy honda days uh that is is game of thrones-esque lord of the rings-esque i mean any of those battles in the movies you could you could see how the directors took toyotathon footage and translated it into those movies and shows just fantastic also i think it's quite obvious to listeners right now that you two work in the ad agencies and marketing and uh bringing up toyotathon and (laughs) happy honda days look at you boys (laughs) happy honda days doesn't get much better than that from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Someone came up with happy Honda days and they thought, wow, we're going to squeeze an emotion, a time frame, a call to action, and our brand in three words. Mm-hmm. Sign me <laughs> up for a for a 2012 RAV4. Yep. You know? Used. Wait, that's a <laughs> that's a Honda? <laughs> uh, we, I, I think you so. betcha, sir. You betcha. We all own Hondas because of that. <laughs> CRBs, baby. 
Happy Honda days. Yeah. Toyotathon. Yeah, it really doesn't get much better than that final day. So if we're ranking final days, it's probably Toyotathon, uh, final day in EPL, and then college graduation. Like lowest on the list. Maybe first firstborn child. Underneath that. Maybe. <laughs> I guess that's a final day of sorts. Right. There's a big timeline. Final day of. It's kind of the same timeline for a Premier League season as well. Almost nine months Premier League season. Yep. Oh, so. that's interesting. Do you think they meant to do that? That each season is a baby being wow. birthed, and at the end, it's fully grown into a trophy, <laughs> into a into a <laughs> yes, it's a metallic baby. That's beautiful. That, that gets held up by all its fathers right at the end of the season. That's yeah, beautiful. I mean, if you're a right, if you're a City fan, Liverpool fan, whatever, and your your child's born on Cup lifting day, how legendary is that? That's what that's what you time it for. Mm-hmm. So I think City right now, as we speak, is lifting the trophy. Some people make a lot of bets um, at the beginning of the year, and and some some people the ultimate bet is they they conceive a child on the first day, so that by the end of the season, hopefully they're celebrating a couple oh. wins. Because <laughs> you don't want to have a kid in an off year for your team, right? That'd be awkward. Because how are you to remember when you last won the cup <laughs> <laughs> if it's not your kid's birthday right? and vice versa? Right, and vice versa. I mean, that's a lot easier. How old How old is Timmy? Uh, let's see. Chelsea won. Um, <laughs> You're running through there like yeah. Europa League defeats, <laughs> like Champions League difficulties, struggles, going all the way back. You're filled with emotion and like, wow, this this person loves their kid. Like they love their kid. They're right. like you're envisioning, you know, like the Aguero goal right. and like running back through history. Right. And the kid's name is literally Lester. <laughs> like you name like the kid is well, he's born. Okay, so let's see. Uh, they came back, Mares. Okay, so then just name a kid Vardy. Yeah, wow, <laughs> that's great. Show. That's great. So, getting into the actual final day, Premier League final day, a lot happened. Biggest games people were keeping an eye on were Liverpool, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Leicester, and Chelsea, Aston Villa, because those were the fights for that fourth, that third, and fourth spot which meant Champions League qualifying for next year, which is a huge deal in terms of the quality of camp competition, the prestige, the money, the opportunities for next year. And so the first title winning spot was wrapped up by Man City. Relegation spots were all wrapped up. It was all about those third, fourth, and fifth spots. Here at Casa de Jones and Eli, we had all three games up, one on the TV, two on some computers. And it was really entertaining watching all of them because they were playing out very operatically one mm. goal and a different one and then another one another goal in the Leicester game and then Chelsea goes down then Leicester ties it up and each of those impacting the other's placement yeah fascinating stuff very um I'm trying to think what other kind of uh, March Madness I, like I'm, I'm thinking of uh, what other multi um um you know game with implications kind of scenario we, we see this in um but it's it's we were talking about this. It would be exciting if if the league I'll also pause. We haven't had a league finish like this in a while where there's really been some actual last day um, implications. But uh, wouldn't it be exciting if you had these these type of tight implications, but they did this in back to back weeks, you know, like the penultimate week, they're all on the same time on, on a Sunday and then ditto the last one where maybe you can stretch out this interest a little bit more. Maybe not. Maybe it's just special if it's less left to the last day. Um, but without a doubt, super fun to watch, especially if one of those TVs is in Spanish, 
And so you get that kind of background commentary. <laughs> Thrilling day. What did you think of Chelsea's performance, I see, knowing you felt they were up against the hardest opponent out of those three teams vying for a, t- a top spot in Aston Villa? Yeah, I thought of the of the few minutes I did watch, I did watch majority of the Liverpool match. But from what I saw, uh, Aston Villa was was on the forefront attacking. Um, and now I, I, I realize that that might not be the the true story of that game. I know that Chelsea had had some early attacking chances in the beginning. But uh, as I said, I think the return of Grealish, sort of the glue to that team, huge, huge important piece coming back hungry from injury, wanting to do well. I think it, it gave Aston Villa some added confidence, some energy. And uh, I think I think that helped them get the result that they got today. Yeah, Chelsea struggled. Chelsea struggled. Aston Villa got two pens and scored on two pens, which very similar to the, the Leicester game, even mm-hmm. though they couldn't get the result. Um, but they looked the more solid team throughout, even though Chelsea had some chances. And yeah, it was a, it was yeah. a good win for, for Villa. Um, Eli, how do you feel Chelsea is, is looking as they, as they, you know, now can relax. They know that they're in champions league next year and they, they turn their sights to, to the champions league against uh, city in a couple, couple days, weeks. Mm, good call. I think it'll make a huge difference. Just mentality wise, you're a bit more calm. You're a bit more collected, even though the way they went out as Pelotaqueta red card at the end, you lose two one. It's not like they're high on confidence right now, even as well as they've been playing to make it to the FA Cup final, make it to the Champions League final. So they're going to have to pull something out of a hat. City wins today 5-0 in a meaningless game and just show, reminds people how dominant they can be. It feels like they're going to walk all over Chelsea. So Chelsea's going to have to figure something out and Tuchel's going to have to work his magic. I think it would be a, a great upset if Chelsea beat City, which is maybe unfair to Chelsea, but... Not unfair to recent form. Yeah. No, it's definitely exciting. 5-0 over Everton, just dominant city where it gets a couple goals. Chelsea look kind of like hot garbage, you could argue. Um, I mean, I think I think City wins 3-0 type type game. It's definitely shaping up that way. It's hard to say. I, I, I would hope for I hope for a close game. I want goals in that game, but I mean you gotta say City's looking pretty dominant. Yeah. The other exciting game from today. Uh, all three pretty exciting. Liverpool had a ton of chances. What do you, go on the Liverpool game, I see, since you watched that one more fully. Yeah, I thought it, it, you kind of saw the some of the struggles that they've had all season where they, they have a lot of possession, they get it up in the attacking, and they just can't finish. I look at the City game, and every minute, it seems like every five, ten minutes, it's like another goal, another goal. That's why they're so good. They can score. And that, you know, Liverpool can get all the chances they want. We don't put it in the back of the net. Um doesn't mean a whole lot. And the goals Mane scored today were a bit fortuitous. You know, it was, it was, a uh, he slid in for the first one off a, off a really poor defense from Crystal Palace. And the second one, it was a huge deflection off a defender. So the buildup play was good. That's all Liverpool. They own that buildup play. The finishing, fortuitous, fell in their favor, which a lot of haters like to say they all, all the fortune goes Liverpool's way. Whatever. Keep hating. Uh, but overall, the game was fine. Tiago played really well. This was the first game I really thought that he he owned that the field. And he was, you know, winning tackles in the mid. He was calm and collected on the ball, making some really good passing decisions. Um, very good. And that's that's something that I will take away from that game is 
good mojo going into the next season. So I'm liking that. Yeah, you know, I feel like Liverpool's season was really um, a frustrating one. Uh, for lack of better words, it really was kind of a constipated year where you have a lot of these right players with the right talent who just all couldn't get on the same page because of injuries, and then that would lead them to form, and you just couldn't necessarily hit a hit the best road. And then at the end of the season, they seemed to turn a corner and started to, to knock them down. Um, I, I, I'm going to say it, said it while we were chatting a little before this. I'm going to say it again. I really do think, provided that they get all of their injured players back, uh, Liverpool can probably hit their form once more. I think they're really going to have – it's going to be their, their last wave. That might be a hot take, maybe not. But I think next year is going to be their their final wave of this kind of generation where they can be a dominant force and win the Premier League, um, purely based on on age and, and how explosive players can be. For example, Mane, I felt the past few weeks – just didn't look like the same dynamic guy that I'm used to him being. Salah looked like he was kind of hitting his form. He was doing the right things. Ball would never fall off his foot kind of stuff. But it just the team isn't in the same flow and same sync. Um, but hopefully this summer with some rest, they'll come back and they'll give City a real run for their money. And after a season where they dropped as low as ninth wow. some 10, 15 weeks ago even and finished really strong, real roller coaster. They finished the season in third place, just behind Man City and Man United, which could argue is a, a, a fair finishing spot given their ups and downs. And most importantly for them, it's Champions League football. At least if it's not winning the league this year, it's Champions League football for next year. For that fourth spot, Chelsea and Leicester vying for that. Chelsea game we talked about, they struggled, they lose. However, Leicester still needed to win to jump above them in the standings and gain that fourth spot um, because... Points-wise and on goal difference, it wouldn't have been enough even if they drew unless Chelsea really lost badly, which they didn't. So Leicester needed a win. They were up at 1.2-1 to against Tottenham in the 60-something 70th minute before Tottenham tied it up. We were watching that one. I was rooting for Leicester. I don't know if you had a horse in that that race, Jones, or I see. Um, But it was tough. It was tough to watch that slip away for Leicester. And then Tottenham went on to score two more times. Bale scored twice. And they won four to two over Leicester. I was definitely team team Leicester. I I was again sitting in as a United fan in this mix. I wanted chaos. I wanted um, I wanted heartache. I wanted everything. I just didn't want it for Leicester. I wanted I wanted Chelsea and Liverpool to have to kind of feel it out because it feels like the status quo. You know, we can go through. You could tell all of the ups and downs of the season and um, all of the the fun battles for Villa in the top or Everton in the top, but end of the way end of the season you're just going to let be left with this table and you're looking at the table and you're saying okay cool you know probably the best four teams in england uh the probably the the four wealthiest teams in england are the teams that are finishing top four fine okay boy i would have loved uh, a lesser to pull it off unfortunately well i think today's game was a good example of um of the lack of depth that lester have the the first two goals that they got, the only two goals they got were PKs that were fortuitous. That kind of came up out of Vardy doing Vardy stuff. Debatable PKs. Yep. Wow, Vardy, Var, mm-hmm. already in his name? <laughs> yep. Has anyone looked into that? Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so, sir. And, um, and, uh, and, and you just look at their bench, and Harvey Barnes is like a big player that they had injured and missed a bunch of these games towards the end of the, at the end of the year. Um, and if they had had maybe a, like one or two more guys on that team, 
maybe they would have survived and sustained the run year over year. It's the same story with Lester. They're falling off at the end of the year. And is that a matter of just depth that they just can't keep up with some of these other teams? Um, That's, that's my kind of my trend, but exciting game nonetheless. Um, And what we wanted at the 80th minute poise two to two, both teams need, need to cut, cut the throat of the other. Very exciting. I was also a Leicester city fan for today. I turned it on two two. Schmeichel, who's been so great of a keeper this season and just his career, and I saw he made a mistake uh, to to get Tottenham that second goal to tie it up 2-2. Um, brutal. I, and then I turned it on, and of course, as I turn it on, Tottenham counters, and Leicester looked tired, and Kane just got it in the box. They're, they did a VAR on handball. I thought it was a close call. It's probably better that they didn't call it a handball. And, you know, when he's in that position, you know, Schmeichel comes out, it's kind of falling on the ground, diving for it. And Kane, cool, composed, turns it back and finds Bale running in. So it was a heartbreak. Just you could hear a, a, a pin drop in that stadium after that goal. And I felt I felt for the fans. I felt for the players. I, I felt for the coach of Leicester, who I'm blanking on his name, who I hope he sticks around. But there's there's mention he might leave. And I could see an Arsenal club looking interesting, looking interested in a coach like that. Uh, yeah. Or sorry, not 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 Arsenal, um, Tottenham. I, it'd be funny if he actually goes to Tottenham and coaches Tottenham, uh, since they are coachless. So they have you know a twenty nine year old coaching them at the moment. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers, hell of a coach, did a great job in um, Scotland. Is he mm-hmm. with the Rangers? Yep, with the Rangers, came over. Um, so Leicester fall to the fifth spot, which all in all, good season for them. They make Europa League football. It's just tough in the context of this last week when they know it was so much in their grasp to get back in the Champions League and it, it fell out. However, for Tottenham, they secured the seventh spot, which was in danger if they didn't win the game. And I'm not sure exactly what, but that somehow means they win something in European or, or they qualify for something in European football is what the announcers were saying. Not Pla- sure what it is. Just American podcast here. We don't know. We're yeah. trying to parse it out. We <laughs> think it's Europa League, but there's also the third league that's been added. So it's like, what did they make? I don't know, but it, it was a meaningful game for them. And and as having friends who are Arsenal fans, they were talking about, they were hyping up the seventh spot too. So um, that's that's another take, you know? Tottenham, Tottenham also, again, I think this is like three or four years straight that they finished above Arsenal, which prior to whenever the first time that was like 2018 or 19 or something uh the first time in like decades that they had done it shift in the tides speaking of shift in the tides let's move over to la liga where massive shift in the tides real madrid not the winner barcelona not the winner (gasps) who won crazy (gasps) it was yeah ibar yeah it was uh getafe (laughs) Um, malaga i think they actually did it right this year Either way, it was Atletico Madrid. So not a no-name team, but not Barcelona and not Madrid. And that means it's a big deal in Spain for a different team to win. The more working-class side of Madrid, those supporters saw some of the celebrations. They looked very, very thrilled, very excited. And the team themselves seemed pretty emotional. Even Suarez, one of the newer members who had a big impact. But leaving Barcelona, going to Madrid, Madrid winning now. Weren't you both... Were you Madrid fans when you were there, or you went to see a Atletico Madrid game? I see, I see. What did you end up leaving Madrid a uh, Madridista or Atleti fan? Oh, Atleti, because I was. I'm never a Ronaldo. I was never a Ronaldo fan, and he was, you know, the biggest thing in the world when I was there in 2015. Which I have to say was when Barcelona won the treble, which was mm. fantastic. But 
Um, no, we went to an Atleti Barcelona game. Messi scored uh, 100 feet in front of our face to actually win La Liga. That was that was great. So that so it was fun. Uh, the uh, we were in the Atletico Madrid fan section, so we were we were we were not openly cheering for Barcelona, <laughs> but we were we were living it up. It was great, um, and I'm 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 happy that Atletico won. Happy for the fans and happy for Suarez and that story. Barcelona getting kind of getting rid of him for very cheap, if if anything, and Atletico picking him up, and he had a fantastic season. So good. It's it's good to see that play out. I'm happy that let's go one. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big swing. I think the, the, what I was seeing some highlights of or snapshots of, uh, Zhao Felix walking through crowds, getting pummeled by fans, all just slapping the back of his neck and rubbing his head and all that, you know, European kind of celebratory affection. And, um, uh, cause I don't know if you guys, I never like that. This always feels weird. The back of the neck is not something it. we, we don't know what the seventh spot means in the EPL. We don't slap <laughs> each other's neck. Just like we just never got into it. Stone. It's like painful. Why do you, it's not fun. Um, but seeing those scenes made me think, you know, again, I've not given up hope on Joe Felix being a future Belanda or a winner. And, um, this feels like just a great, great kind of catapult for him and potentially his career, maybe euros. He starts to go off some, some more and, you know, if, if he were to help lead Atleti next year again, that would be, I mean, then he's really, he's, he's hitting his stride. It just feels good. Like, it's just one of those wins where if, you, if you're if you not a fan, you don't have a horse in that race, you're rooting for Atleti. They're the people's club. It's Suarez, who is getting older, and that's why Barcelona got rid of him, and at least that's the story around it. And he shows, he shows he's still got it. You got Marcus Llorente up top for Atletico who played for Real Madrid for four years and in 2019 moved to Atletico and scored like 12 goals this year in the league and some goals in other competitions for them and him and Suarez up front were just really solid and then all around they just have a solid squad who churned out points all year and it came down to the wire they did stumble a bit in some of those final games really made it all about the last week which is a bit nerve-wracking but came from behind even in the last week game to win two to one over Va- Valladolid. 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 Haven't said that name enough. Um, <laughs> so they take home the title. And now Barcelona and Madrid are having to figure out where to go after all the Super League drama. Barcelona's got to figure out the Messi situation. They got Aguero coming in. Madrid's got to figure out their coaching situation. It's really a three three-team race heading into next year too it looks like is Zinedine Zidane leaving I believe so I think that's I think that's that undecided. Just a rumor? I think it's ah, undecided okay I think it, oh. he could he could he could stay I, if I recall I feel like there's been uh it's it's literally up to Zidane to to make his decision I don't think the the board the president uh is trying to push him out or or um anything I think they'd like to keep him but from what I've seen that was um that was floating around. I don't know of any commitments otherwise. Should also say that it was a storybook ending, uh, you know, final match day. It's between Real and Atleti. They both, you know, Atleti controls their own fate. They've got a win to seal it. Madrid's behind them by one point in the table. Atleti goes down 1-0 against the team that they should just, you know, on paper defeat pretty easily because they're at the at the bottom end of the table and they're down, they tie it up, and then the man of the hour, the man of the season, Suarez, hits that game winner 2-1. That's 
a, a fantastic ending for a fan. And it's just that makes for great entertainment that I wish was replicated over in the Premier League this season. But uh, the Premier League always brings us good entertainment. But that storybook ending there in La Liga. Can't have them all. That's why you got to follow all the leagues at least just a little bit so you can tune in when it gets very exciting, when the the drama is heightened. Uh, And speaking of heightened drama, another speaking of transition, we're going to move to another league, League 1, where the game is happening later today. So it'll be part preview, part prediction, part reflection up till now, till the last game week, game day. And it's Lille, not PSG, who hold their own destiny in their hands if they win they're up one point right now in the table on psg in this final game week and if they win they will win the league and it'll be the first time a team that's not psg has won the league since i think 2016 was monaco or 2017 but before then psg has won it since 2012 basically nine out of ten years something like that so that's a big story. I always love these these stories, similar to that same, literally that same Monaco team, um, or you know I, any fun young team that goes and and, and beats the odds. Um, Lille is going to get decimated. I mean, they're going to get poached. They, I think, they're already losing Sumare to uh, to Leicester actually for next year. It's um, it's a great team. You got some young talent in there. I hope they win it. That would be, it, 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 we just need we need we need PSG not to win that. Yep. I think that's just for the better betterment of humanity, um, but super super exciting team. Yeah, and Barack Yilmaz, the thirty-five-year-old, is their leading striker. Who I've seen a couple of posts about throughout the year. He was cast off by some other squads. They all, the big story there was they sold. Uh, who did they sell last year? What's the order of it? They sold. Um, it, it was like a couple deals. Yep, they had someone that they sold, and then they got Victor Osman. Uh, Smina, who they then sold to Napoli. It was like back-to-back deals where they sold players for like seventy million, and then they recouped and then they bought him for like nothing. Yeah, and now he's he's leading them in scoring. They're about to win the league, so it's just a great. It's like a money ball without knowing too much about them. It feels like a money ball story where they're you need to make the smart decisions as a organization on the business side, and then you need the players to play their hearts out and figure it out chemistry wise, and all that's happening. And Lille's about to dethrone Neymar, Mbappe, Anhal Di Maria, all the superstar giants at PSG, who, of course, got knocked out in the Champions League once again in the semis. And if they don't win the league this year, it's tough, tough for Pochettino, who came in somewhat recently. Will he be back next year? We, we probably will, right? Since it's such a short time frame. Yeah, the interesting thing with Pochettino and like Tuchel, for example, uh, high-profile coaches who've been recently signed, is they have shorter term contracts that um, expire around the time of the world cup, because that's going to throw a lot of seasons into a funk. And so it's to reevaluate their positions then. So one more season, at least for Pochettino, we're thinking. seems like it. Yeah. Wow. So another race to watch. By the time you listen to this, you'll know who won. It seems like Lille, you'd have to take them. Their final match today, later today, is against Angers. Angers. I'm probably saying that wrong who is 12th in the table. So Who's PSG got? PSG has someone even lower. Uh, I believe they're playing, let us see, Brest. You heard yeah. me correctly. <laughs> and they're in 16th. So both teams should win, which would mean that Lille takes the trophy home. So hopefully they can stay strong and make it happen. Another league that has some interesting last day drama, Syria A, 
where for that fourth spot, no no drama to win. Inter wrap that up, which again is an anomaly because Juventus has won every year since also like 2011, 2012. So Inter winning is massive. But aside from that, and involving Juventus is the the fight for the Champions League spots, similar to the Premier League for that fourth spot. And it's between Juventus, AC Milan, and Napoli. And AC Milan right now holds the edge over Napoli on head-to-head, I believe, but they are tied for third and fourth. And Juventus is sitting in fifth with 75 points, one point behind those two on 76. None of them play each other, similar to Premier League situation. So we'll see who wins. See who wins out and whether Juventus can sneak back into the Champions League, kind of like Liverpool did. It's exciting stuff. Um, Icy, are you uh, are you excited for, for a Champions League next year, man? Absolutely. Who isn't? Who isn't excited for Champions League? Uh, I think Liverpool need to redeem themselves, not only from the season, but their performance in Champions League. And, you know, hearing all these teams from the top five clubs who have won and it's it's going to be exciting you know Dortmund or sorry Bayern Munich in in the Bundesliga are just so dominant um they'll be fun Inter Milan Lille hopefully as the winners City and Atleti Madrid you know uh as the winners you know it seems it's a it's a good cast of of winning of winning groups I like Lille and Atleti and Inter Milan kind of the underdogs I think I was going to make a comment is this the season that the the non-super, you know, super teams with the huge budgets make a comeback and start start running the show. Yeah, I take that, you know, slightly take that back a little bit. You got the Bayern Munichs and the, the cities that are rolling in money. But it's fun to see these teams that aren't at the outside of seasons expected to win. The side you forget as well on some of these final days, it's not just the, the title winning, Champions League, other competition qualifying, but it's the relegation battles. And the Premier League one was settled, but in the Bundesliga, where Bayern has wrapped this up now, what feels like since the beginning of the season, even though there was some back and forth in you know mile 10 of the marathon there, is that Werder Bremen are getting relegated. And that happened on the last day of the season where they lost and Köln won and jumped them into at least a playoff spot to not get relegated from the Bundesliga to the Bundesliga 2. Um, and I saw Josh Sargent was pretty sad about that he's mm-hmm. an american striker for werder bremen who has kind of gotten overtaken in uh name recognition and american profile given there have been so many studs and strong players all over the world for the u.s coming forward which is great on the men's side um but he was definitely like a, a star a couple of years ago and his name was being thrown around and he had a good season i think he scored some goals for them but tough to get relegated because then the players on all those squads have to figure out their future for the following season yeah tough for uh for sergeant tough for hoppy on uh Schalke. um but you know hey chicago fire can use a couple studs if they uh want to swing by that would be great if they came to the fire <laughs> i mean you would imagine they'd have to be big big money relative like but also like not that kind of crazy it's just like it's a career choice for them if they really want to <laughs> drive it into the ground they want to come live with us and Lincoln Park Lakeview area or whether they want to still live in, yep. you know, in Verde Bremen. Right. They could, they could pay for the really high prices of European living uh, or they could stay for free and crash in our pad. <laughs> on our couches. And right. like we just play FIFA all the time. Right. Talk oh, shop. We probably have to get a new uh, Xbox for that. Yeah, true. We true, won't true. tell them though. 
before the the talk wraps up, I did want to shout out two teams in the Premier League that we've got to give some justice to, uh, give some airtime to, who have who have really been entertaining and fun to watch and exceeded expectations. First being West Ham, who finished in sixth place this year. They were in 16th place the season prior. So to make this jump of 10 places, really up, you know, just until Liverpool started kicking it into high gear, they were in top four or five, um, you know, which would have been awesome to see them in Champions League. Uh, didn't work out. They'll be in Europa or they'll be at least vying for a Europa uh, seeding. So cool for West Ham. Declan Rice, who Jones and I were talking about at the beginning of the season. Why is he there still? He's so good, but really fun team. Uh, you know, especially with Lingard joining late in the season as well, making that extra exciting. Uh, and then got a shout out Leeds United. They finish in ninth, top half of the table as a newly promoted team. Really like to see it. They shook up the league, you know, losing 4-3 day one to Liverpool. People were like, whoa, is this team serious? Are they contenders? They play with such different style, which we like and we talk about a lot. They've got great players. We hope they can build upon that. I would love to see them in a Europa, possibly Champions League. I mean, if they if they get after it in, in the transfer market and have a fantastic season, it'd be it's gonna be fun to watch them. Yeah, I'm uh, as as a United fan, um, I'm hoping that Danny James. We're watching the the what's the Leeds documentary? Believe it or not, we just got on the Leeds documentary train. Uh, what is it? Let's see. Well. Take us home. Nice. Take us home. Leeds United. Uh huh. Great. Very great exciting. Stuff. Um, and uh, and I, I'm 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 hopeful that next year. Well, so to your point, my, my reason I'm bringing this up is I do hope that Leeds makes a push next year. They make some some investments, and I think one of them could be United giving Danny James to, to Leeds. I think he would fit in that explosive, nonstop, hard running kind of team. Um, and then in turn. United get some money and they can do some stuff that they want to do because Danny James is he he doesn't belong on our bench he he belongs playing in the Premier League so hopefully he can go to Leeds and help him grow. One more shout out before we wrap this up to our fantasy Premier League, which we didn't know how it was going to do. We didn't know how popular it would be when we made the decision to try and bring it together. What feels like a long time ago at mile one mile one marker of this this Premier League season back in August of last year ish. And tons of you joined, tons of Fofs joined. You either heard about it on Instagram, Twitter, by word of mouth, whatever. But we had over 200 people in the league, which was massive and super exciting. And want to shout out the winner, Philly Fanatics, Peter Boyer, who we don't know personally, but congrats on a really strong season throughout, taking home the first place prize of $100, which is very cool. Uh, and shout out to the sponsor who made it all possible, Clubhouse Athletic, which we've talked about a couple times on this pod, but they make awesome athletic gear and customizable gear, jerseys, masks, hats, everything in between. Check out their site, uh, clubhouseathletic.com, I believe, and check out their Instagram because a lot of cool content there as well. So we may do the Premier League fantasy footy fellas action again next year. We'll just have to wait and see. And we'll have to figure it out. <laughs> might even might even be, uh, we'll put some other fun prizes on the line. Maybe Icy will come over and cook you a souffle. I don't mm. know. Maybe he'll do a bachata dance lesson with you. I'm up for it. Just don't, expectations should be low, but uh, I'll be there. I'll do it. 
Yeah, that's for coming in 40th. So you, you don't even you don't even want to imagine the prizes for coming in top 10. It's not. Well, that's the thing. There's no prizes beyond six. It's just nothing. And then the 40th spot, it's kind of a golden. You try to, that would be really fun. You, you try, try to, to balance game out system, your, right. your points. You're like, oh, should I get this guy? No, this guy might get me too high. I need to, I need to comfortably land. And then the person who's like in 50th is like, oh, I'm gunning for, oh that's what i want thrilling that's the kind of excitement we need in our in our soccer could lives. you imagine if that was a thing in the premier league like like 11th won something special and so teams like in the middle it's like at a certain point in the season you're like oh yeah, are we gunning for 11th or are we gunning for top four like what are we what are we doing now okay okay sorry now i'm running with it Even more we strategy. need we need we need like you need to win something at 16 you need to win something at 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 12 let's break something at eight and then and then you have your europa stuff just to make the whole season interesting just pitching ideas. I think prizes for everyone. Medal for everyone. You know? Frick it. Everybody wins. Everyone wins something. Everyone wins. Because that's, that's what we do here on Footy Fellas. Everybody wins. You know? Everybody wins. Uh, yeah. Well, we might have some more cool content coming up in the immediate future, but definitely next month, we're going to be focusing on Euro 2020, some international competition. Still following the domestic leagues for us, the MLS, the NWSL, which are just getting into mid-season form, which is pretty exciting. A lot of great games still to watch there, so we'll be covering that and watching that personally. And stay on the lookout. Follow us on social and keep listening to the pods if you've made it this far. We do appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Au revoir. See you next week.